This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome here live with Dr. Jeff Wilbert on this lovely Sunday morning here in Los Angeles. So wherever you may be, I hope you're having enjoying the kind of weather we are. Well, we had a lot of rain. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the only good thing about all the rain was that it was snowing in the mountains. And this Friday, I'm heading to Park City. I was hoping we'd see, finally see a lot of snow. Anyway, you're here live with me for the next 30 minutes. So uh, Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. So ways to join me here on the show. Number one, you can join me here on Instagram. I want to say good morning. So easy way to get me is it's the old-fashioned way, 877-385-8882. It's a toll-free number. Once again, 877-385-8882. Better yet, join me live here on Zoom. You go to the Pet Life Radio, PetLifeRadio.com, and you click on Shows, scroll to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and there's a link left you there. Just click on the link. brings you here live on the show so we get to see you we get to see your pet and of course on instagram same thing we see you live well you see me live i don't see you but uh, and if i do see you then it uh, stops other people from joining in so we're not going to do that but anyway before we get started i want to say i peruse the news there is a decrease in the amount of news because of the holiday a lot of the news feeds were not producing as much so if there's anything that any of you want to talk about that would be a, a great thing a great topic i have some topics that i think i want to talk about Drawing from my experience, a couple of things that happened this week and, and just things that I think that if they're important to me and important to my client, then they're probably important to all of you. So uh, I want to make sure that we will go ahead and uh, send me your recommendations, any suggestions for topics that you want me to discuss. So let me just start with uh, last week. Remember, we talked about this 3D, this really cool 3D model that was used to help. They were, well, first of all, they had one for birds. They're doing a lot of 3D type of uh, printing, and they're using them for many, many different things. And the one was, uh, I remember it was also a story about a calf with the jaw. And this was interesting. So a, a dog was presented to a veterinarian who was in an accident, a two-year-old dog, so a young dog, and broke its vertebrae. So they took the dog to the Virginia Tech Veterinary School. And what they did was they took some 3D, first they did some MRI and CT. Off of the MRI and CT studies of the spine, they then created a 3D real model of the spine. Then the neurologists, the veterinary neurologists and the surgeons were able to practice on that model to determine the best way to repair the fractured vertebrae. And they did, and then they actually did this, the uh, surgery on the dog. And um, dog is doing great, back to full function. So when you think about the idea, and, and they talk about this, you know, once the different materials are available, they say they're going to be able to 3D print our major organs, hearts, liver, I mean, all sorts of stuff. It's actually amazing. They're saying, I don't know, with the next 30 years or something, if we wanted to, we can live forever. I mean, they're, they're just fixing all our stuff and making it brand new again. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. Anyway. This is a sad story. You know, I always have to give the, the good with the bad. Remember, if there's any subject matter, for those of you just joining me here on Instagram, it would be great to just give me some ideas of things you'd like to talk about in the second half of the show. As I said, I have some ideas myself, but it would be great to hear, talk about what you guys want to talk about. Anyway, so this story out of Las Vegas, there is an area called the Lakes, a very you know exclusive area in one of the Las Vegas neighborhoods. Check this out. So 
there have been 15, at least 15 dogs that were deliberately poisoned in the last several years with meatballs laced with strychnine sorghum seeds. That's kind of scary. And they would mix them in meatballs and throw them into the yards where these dogs lived. So unfortunately, they now are in, have insta installed cameras in the neighborhood to try to see if they can find out who this culprit is. They have no idea who it is. They have no idea why. It's not like the people were being complained about. No one knocked on the door and said, your dogs are barking. Nothing. Just by the fact that they had dogs in their yard and they were poisoning these dogs. So if you happen to live anywhere near that area called the Lakes, it's a neighborhood, like a, almost a suburb of Las Vegas, and it's pretty nice, please be careful out there because uh, there's some wackos out there and all they want to do are hurt our animals. And that's just really inexcusable. Not right. Not right. So next up. We've known this is going on for a while, and many of you who have older dogs also know this has been going on for a while, and it is doggy Alzheimer's. Uh, we call it canine cognitive dysfunction, CCD, or cognitive dysfunction syndrome, CDS. I've seen it referred to both ways. And you know the, the classic symptoms are dogs that are usually older that all of a sudden are just, they're not all there. They might bark at you when you come home at night, you might walk into a room, you're calling them, they're not paying attention, they're not coming, you look, you look around the house, and they're, they're staring into a corner, and they're just staring. They are they're obviously losing their bathroom, they're no longer house trained. They may not eat all their food at the same time. You could take them out for a long walk, and they're going to come back and, and, and poop. It's all these things are just, they're, as I said, they're not all there. They don't recognize you as much. So very similar to Alzheimer's. And interesting, I was walking in the neighborhood with my dogs, and I saw it an older client of mine, her husband, she's probably in her 90s, her husband passed away several years earlier, and she was out there with her daughter. And I remember she used to bring me newspapers for the runs, the cages at the hospital. And um, very, very sweet lady. So anyway, as I'm walking along, I see her out there, the garage door is open, and she was doing something in the garage with her daughter. And I say, oh my God, hi. And I gave her, I say her name, and, and she starts talking to me, and oh my God, how are you? And then all of a sudden she goes, could you just remind you, who are you? Uh, this is after like a minute and a half of conversation. And the daughter says, mom, that's Dr. Werber. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, and it's so sad. I've known this woman for 30 years. When you see it, you know, it's, it's really, it, it's frightening. <laughs> What's more frightening, there's a good chance it's going to happen to all of us, if not many of us. So um, anyway, it's going to be, um, you know, one of those things, <laughs> sharpen your brains, eat that brain food, whatever it is. It's a sad state when you're talking to somebody <laughs> How about when you're talking to your own kids? I remember, I remember when my mom was alive and she would talk about her mother, my grandmother. And uh, she said, and my grandmother, you know, I've heard the, the kind of Alzheimer's people that, that when they start losing their mind, they get really like, some are like just so sweet. Some of them get really obnoxious and they get darn out mean. And that was my grandmother. And uh, oh God, she was, she was impossible. I mean, she was impossible when she was with it. Remember when we first moved to California and I see at least one of my sisters is on, but I know I'm going to go laugh at this one. So my mom forced us to write letters to my grandparents. So where we were, we were like in elementary school, who knows, second, third, fourth grade, and we would write letters to my, our grandparents. All of a sudden, a week or two later, we get the letters back with all the corrections. My, my grandmother was a teacher. We would get the, all, the, all the corrections, like red marks and the correcting our spelling and our punctuation. Oh, God, this, this was grandma. So um, anyway, very funny. The story of this is, is that there is a Cornell University, one of the better vet schools in the country, actually ranked number two right now. 
of course, to Davis, number one, which I went to school, but that's here nor there. So they joined forces with the University of Washington and University of Arizona, and they started what they call a dog aging project. And they've, they've raised about $5.1 million grant. And what they're doing is they're looking to the similarities between CCD, cognitive dysfunction syndrome in dogs, and our Alzheimer's disease. And what they're doing is they're taking blood work. They're doing a lot of blood work, looking, are there any biomarkers that are seemingly apparent that are away from the norm? And those also that might be similar biomarkers to that which they see in people. And um, what they're trying to do, obviously, how much of this is genetic? How much of it is environmental? What type of combination of both? And what could help them understand the process better to hopefully either prevent or at least treat? So fascinating stuff. And, and since you know, both species seem to have, and, and I'm sure there are more as well, but obviously because of our very close social relationship with dogs, they are an ideal model animal to, to study because of the, the many similarities and the fact that we really know them. Even though you know, we know the cats, I'm sure cats happen this too, and I have a number of them, five, and yet you could see changes as they get older, they slow down a little bit, they're not as, as attentive, they are, don't seem to be as interested in us, they're more interested in, in just themselves. And you know, again, it probably happened, but cats are harder to read anyway. So because so many cats are aloof, and all of a sudden you have a cat that's aloof, you're going to say, wait a second, is that the cat? Or is that the cat getting older, maybe a, a form of, of dementia as well? So who knows? We don't know. But um, anyway, one thing I will say, and this is from a behaviorist, and that's why it's so important in general to know your pet, know their personality, know what makes them tick. Because when you have an animal that whatever it is, whether it's all of a sudden aloof, but it was normally not so aloof, or a dog or an animal, a pet that is much more aware and energetic about certain things, but normally was not that that wasn't their style. They, they just not like that. Then take note, have them checked out because it could be there's something else going on that is predisposing them to this new behavior, to this change in behavior that may seem not, oh, yeah, it's just a minor thing, but it may not be so minor. So it's very important to uh, keep that in mind. And um, also, I saw this before we break. Uh, as you know, many times uh, here in LA, we've been talking about the um, that disease that I said, I always caution, it's not a new disease. Leptospirosis is not new. In fact, it's been around for over 100 years. What's new about it is the threat that we are seeing in our area. And it's because of the animals that typically shed this bacterium, usually in their urine, but could be possibly feces as well. Um, are things like, as I said, rats, wild rats, skunk, raccoons, opossums, wolves, deer. They were never like in our, you know, you didn't have them in your backyard. You weren't walking down the street and, and you, you were, you know, having to dodge the deer and the, and the wolves or coyotes. But now we are seeing them in our neighborhoods. We are seeing coyotes. When I walk my dogs at night, we see raccoons and or squirrels regularly. It may not be every night, but what's so amazing is when they spot one, they seem to remember, so my dogs don't have dementia yet, because they seem to remember the last time they saw either a raccoon or a skunk by someone's house, and they will stop, especially my little, my lab and my French bulldog, oh my God, they will park right in front of that house, and they are, they are just watching. Where is that sucker? I saw him three nights ago, where he's got to be here somewhere. They don't get it that they move around, but uh, they, it's amazing how they remember every single house that they have spotted a skunk or a raccoon or a coyote. It's amazing to me. So in New York, 
they are. And I've always asked people, depending on where you live, where you're joining me from, you know, are you seeing this same surge in your areas? Well, uh, there's a story out of New York that most likely because of the rat situation, they too are seeing a lot of lepto like in the city. And uh, again, so it's very important when our dogs are congregating, if one has it and is shedding it in their urine, that's a possibility. But more importantly, if you, because of wild rats around the city, if there's a puddle, if you if, just watch what your dog is, where he's walking um, when they get home and they like to clean themselves, that too is important because that's where we can see this problem. So it's very, very important. So anyway, just about break time. Don't go away. We'll be back in a few minutes. When we come back, I want to talk about some emergencies and also some tumors and or anything else. Any of you that are on Instagram want to talk about uh, have a problem with your pet or um, something that happened this week or the week before, and you want to talk about it, you want a little more understanding, now is the time to ask. Right after these messages, we'll be right back. Does your pet's breath leave a bit or a lot to be desired? You can give your pet the gift of sweeter breath and you'll get sweeter kisses with Probiora Pet. Bad breath is the result of harmful bacteria which lives in your pet's mouth. And that harmful bacteria can lead to serious health problems. The solution is to crowd out that bad bacteria with positive bacteria. All it takes is one scoop a day of Probiora Pet mixed into their food to replenish the good bacteria. That's it! This all-natural, no-taste, no-odor powder is the only dental care probiotic for pets which delivers beneficial bacteria which supports tooth and gum health and crowds out the bad. A healthy body starts with a healthy mouth and Probiora Pet is the best way to give your pet a healthy mouth. And our listeners get a 10% discount using PLR10 at checkout. To purchase, go to probiorahealth.com. That's probiorahealth.com. And use code PLR10 at checkout for 10% off. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, welcome back. You're live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Bets with Dr. Jeff. And um, I was asking my Instagram live audience about any questions, any problems they've had with their pet. And I have a, a really good one about anxiety. All right. And so the first question I asked was, was this dog a rescue dog or something you've had since a puppy? And the reason I say that is that it's not uncommon to see these rescue dogs exhibit behaviors of separation anxiety of which this dog has and just be very hyper and anxious. And we, even though the dog was rescued at six months, much of the imprinting of behavior all right. And socialization. Remember this, when you socialize animals, when you get a puppy, key socialization is between eight and 18 weeks of age, even 18, 20 weeks of age. So if you miss that boat, 
that between eight and 18 weeks or eight and, and, and 20 weeks, there may be some underlying problems down the road. So what then all of a sudden you have this dog, you feel so bad and so nervous about it and you're anxious about it. So what do you try to do? You try to give it as much love and affection and attention as you possibly can. And which is great, except when the dog now be, that, that becomes the, no, the norm. The dog doesn't know how to be by itself. It's codependency. You have all this love and affection. You adopted this dog. You was in emptiness, whatever. And you get this dog. It's great. From the dog's perspective, this is fantastic. Because I was in a cage or I was in a terrible situation. And now I have this great mom in a loving home, right? I don't want to go. Even when she leaves the room, I'm going to get nervous. When she goes out of the house, forget about it. I'm going to tear the house apart. So I need attention, 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 attention. And, and guess what? When you give it to her, give it to her, give it to her, that's what happens. Now, now they expect it. So we often have created the monster. And you have to know that. And not a bad thing. I mean, look, you, you give it a lot of love. You got a lot of love back and maybe perhaps too much. So what we need to do, first of all, and again, this is where some animal behaviorists might come in handy. And whether or not to use medication, I am not a huge fan, but I will tell you that sometimes in order to start the process, you may have to use some medication, whether it's things like a, like a, a sedative downer, you know, like an acepromazine, uh, alprazolam, um, which is Xanax, trazodone, things like that. And ultimately, even long-term, things like Prozac. And they do work very well in dogs. You know, try to do this without doing that way, without using drugs first. And the key here is to try to separate yourself a little bit. And that is look for toys, look for games, that the dog could play that are self-rewarding. If you have a dog, if this dog of yours is treat motivated, that's great. It's not treat motivated. If the only treat, treat, and I put that in quotes, is coming from you going, oh, come here, you good boy, right? Then that's a little more difficult. And the reason why the treat motivation is good is that you can reward the behavior that is not this anxiety uh, behavior, not the, the, the stress, not the hyperexcitement. And you reward when they're calm, when you see them chewing their own toy. You go over to them and give them a treat. And don't make a big deal. A lot of times, for example, when they're coming and going, when you're leaving, you're already anxious about leaving the dog alone. Because you hear about you, you close the door, the dog is already crying. And so you're getting anxious. And that anxiety only contributes to the dog's anxiety. So what you want to do is start cutting back when you're with the dog. That dog has to have time by itself. Find a treat or a game that it likes to play, a chew toy. Maybe if you're reading or watching TV with the dog and the dog's in the, don't let him be on your lap. Every time he puts your lap, put him down and give him a, a little chew toy to play with. And when he starts playing with a chew toy, give him a treat and don't go, ah, oh my God, you're such a good girl. No, just say, good girl, good girl, and give the treat. We got to tone down our energy in order to keep them toned down as well. There are great toys now that are self-rewarding toys. It's like a game board with little wells and little sliding pieces that cover the wells. And then what you do is they smell it. Trust me, they can smell. You put treats in the wells or you get these boxes, okay? The Buddha box, for example, where they turn, you put the treats inside the box and in order for a treat to fall out, it has to line up with the right size hole at the, at the right point. Now they know they're rolling that box around, they're playing with it. And every now and then it's gonna happen randomly and the treat comes out and they're gonna get their treat. So, and this can keep them for hours. You, you know, you can get like one of those Kong type toy and stuff it with the peanut butter. 
make sure it's not sugar-free xylitol peanut butter, regular old peanut butter, or they even have their own peanut butter that comes in like one of those cheese whiz containers. And you can stuff the toy, stick it in the freezer. And then again, that will give them hours of, of pleasure and fun where they're not relying on you for the reward. They are relying on this toy, the treat, and that's how they're getting it. When you have a dog with separation anxiety, uh, a couple of things. There are certain things, stressors and triggers to their crazy behavior. For example, if the dog goes nuts in front of a big window every time somebody walks by and starts yapping away, then you might want to put them in a room where there is no window leading to the front of the house. Again, with their own choice, to keep them comfortable. When you are going to leave, it might be smart to, if you have your purse, if you have your keys, put them outside, open the door and put them out on the porch. And then have the dog playing with something, okay, and getting its treat, getting its reward for not bothering you, and just quietly slip out of the door. Another mistake we make is when we come home, you've been gone for hours, maybe even 10 minutes, who knows? With one of my dogs, I could take the garbage to the curb. I come back and he's going nuts as yet, like he hasn't seen me in days. And he's a Labrador, of course, and that's very pretty common in Labradors. So when you come home, you literally walk right by the dog as if she or he is not there. And they're jumping on your legs and they want attention. You just, they're not there. And just literally ignore them. You want to get to the point where almost, if they could talk, they say, well, screw her. I can't believe she doesn't want to see me anymore. She doesn't love me anymore. Yes, you do. But you want to get to the point where you, that you're coming home is not such a big deal. So when you're gone, it's not such a big deal. And then when you come home and after like 10 or 15 minutes, when she's finally calmed down, then you can reach down. Right? Don't make eye contact. Just give her a little pet under the chin, top of the head. Ask her to sit. Give her a treat. And we have to slowly minimize the craziness, the attention that we pay to them. And it's hard. It's tough. That's you know, tough love that you're not going to give them a big hug and a kiss goodbye. Oh, goodbye, Pussy. We'll be back soon. Don't worry. We'll be back right soon. Dude, they don't understand you. They know what they understand is you're leaving and they got all that cutesy stuff. And then when you leave, they're not getting it anymore. And they start going nuts. So we have to tone it all down. And um, what you can do is also, I have a one page on separation anxiety that I've written a while ago, and I'd be happy to send it to you. So if you want to send me a private message on Instagram with your info, your email, and I will uh, send that to you. And yes, I know it's hard not to give them all the constant love. Trust me, I know. But once they start expecting it and they get it nowhere else, of course they're going to miss it. Of course they're going to go nuts. So we have, it's got to come from other avenues as well. It's got to come from, from the rewards have to come from not just you, but that's why self-rewarding, these self-rewarding toys and games are actually fantastic because of that. It does take the pressure off of us as well. And if, as I said at the beginning, because they are so hyped up and this is so new to them, you may need to cheat, talk to your veterinarian. What you could try, what I would recommend to one of my clients as a over-the-counter easy way just to bring them down a notch is Benadryl. I tell my clients all the time, it's a milligram per pound, 25 pound dog, 25 milligrams. That's a single adult dose. And just to kind of takes the edge off. And I like it better than some of the druggy drugs. Now dogs that are flying more and they can't you know, be uh, emotional support dogs anymore. So the small ones have to go in the carrier and put in the seat, you know, under the seat in front of you. I say, give a little Benadryl and see how that works out. That doesn't work. Then, you know, next time we'll have to use acepromazine. We'll have to use the trazodone. We'll have to use the alprazolam, whatever. But I would much rather do something as simple as a little Benadryl. And you would know, give it up to twice a day. And it's very, very effective. It just caught back. One of my air vet calls this morning 
was a dog who was acting weird. I'd been to the groomer yesterday, a year old dog. And right away, I'm thinking it's a year old. It doesn't have a disease at a year old, especially a disease that came on like literally overnight, especially after being in a groomer. So I'm thinking what, you know, what it could be. And um, he gave a 75 pound dog. So he obviously read somewhere before he talked to me. And yes, he gave uh, 75 milligrams of Benadryl. That's three Benadryl. As you get bigger and bigger, I would have started, I said to him after the fact, because the dog was literally out for the count, down for the count. He was, I, I even called his name on the, on the app and he looks at me, he, he picks up one eye like, oh God, he was sleeping. So I would say 50 milligrams. I would have started, I said, I would have probably started at 50, see if that worked. If not, you can give another one. But anyway, for, certainly a milligram per pound is a safe dose. And I, my clients, uh, you know, use it all the time for those times where you just need a you just need a little help. Yeah, you're not gonna knock him on his butt. Just want a little help, and it seems to work very well. So, um, anyway, I will send you my one sheet, uh, just some suggestions. But basically, uh, what we need to do is we need to be trained as well, and try to help their anxiety and um, give them lots of things. If you find something that this dog likes to do that doesn't involve you, whether it's a game, a treat, a toy, right? Get it to him. Give it to him. And um, I have this great thing. It's called Robo Bone. And um, just the reason why I like it so much is we did a segment on for it was uh, we were talking about behavior and it was on Inside Edition. And um, I said, well, I got this thing. It's called Robobone. I haven't used it yet. It's, a, it's electronic, runs on batteries. It's got these big like wheels, you know, like one of those off-road kind of cars. And uh, it's all plastic. And you put in the wheel well, you put um, the treats and it turns and it responds to the dog. Every time it touches, it makes a sharp turn. And when it does that sharp turn, some of the treats fall out of the wheels. Well, I have one of my dogs, one of the Frenchies, I told the guy who was doing the camera work, I said, he's not going to like it. He doesn't do it. Oh, I put this thing down. I turned it on. He went bonkers. He was touching it. Every time you nudge it, it starts moving again on its own and then starts changing, turning a sharp right, a sharp left, and the street's falling out. And he was, I'm telling you, we watched him for 15 minutes and all he was doing was playing with this thing. So anyway, it's fun. So think of that as well. Those are the kinds of things you want to try to find. So send me your information. I will send you the one sheet on separation anxiety. And another question. Um, my son and I just had COVID. What are the chances of dogs are getting it? Well, I will tell you that dogs don't get sick. They have not gotten sick. Whether they actually even get it or whether it's just there, because there's some dogs have tested positive, but the virus was there, but it doesn't, it, it, it apparently has no effect on them. And there have been no cases of a dog giving it back to another dog or person. As I said, I think we reported this week or two ago, the animals, two animals that show that they can actually not only get it, but transmit it are deer and mink. Cats that get it, and they do, get mild, mild sickness, and they've all gotten better. And uh, obviously primates, well, primates are a different category because that's more like people. And they, they can get it, and they probably can transmit it. But I'm talking about non-primate animals. So uh, the, the chances are, like, are, are very slim. But if you have a cat and you have COVID, I would recommend separating yourselves from the cat until the, you know, if you have the Omicron, they say five days, make it seven days if you want to just be a little bit more careful. But I read something this morning that basically said, don't knock yourselves out because chances are everybody's going to get it at one point or another. I mean, I've had it, my, my wife had it, some of my kids have had it and all fine. And they do say with this new variant that it's easier to get, but it's, you don't get as sick. And maybe that's a good thing. In fact, there was this, an expert, you know, an epidemiologist that said, and or virologist that said, that's what's happened. As we get more and more of these variants, they're getting less, less aggressive. 
and it's less virulent as far as the disease. And what it is doing, though, is building up our own natural immunity until the point where everybody's going to have their natural immunity, and hopefully these numbers will go down. So uh, anyway, I still am careful. At work, we're all wearing masks, but I am going to Park City on Friday, and of course, we'll have to wear masks on the plane unless you want to see me on Instagram yelling and screaming at a a flight attendant for not wearing my mask. (laughs) I think some of those stories, I think they're made up. I think someone's doing it. They're just getting us all crazy because there's no way people can be that obnoxious or that stupid, or maybe they can, who knows, but uh, stupid maybe. I don't know about that obnoxious. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for joining me here. Hope you all had a great, safe new year. Uh, it was pretty, um, for me, it was uh, no great shakes. And um, I would, uh, next week, I'm going to be in Park City, depending on many factors, such as the weather, my poor aching body. I may or may not be doing my show Sunday morning. Well, by, because there it's, a, it's an hour time difference. So it'll be 10 o'clock there. Still for everyone else, it'll be your regular time. And um, I most likely will. I'll be doing it so the venue will be a little different. I'll have my laptop. I probably won't have my professional mic. I'll be going through just the uh, the, the computer. I will have my cell phone. So um, anyway, stay tuned. I hopefully will be on the show next week. If not, oh my God, if not, uh, it's going to be really tough because the following week, oh, we are going to be on the following week. I'll be live. We're going to go uh, going from on Instagram. I don't know about uh, Pet Life Radio yet. From the venue at VMX, I'll be at the North American Veteran, well, formerly the North American Veterinary Conference, now known as VMX. And uh, that's in Orlando, Florida. And I'll be there um, the following weekend. So uh, we can definitely uh, have the show then. The weekend after that, the Sunday I won't be on, I will be in the air. Uh, going to the Colorado Vet Med Association ski meeting. It's called SKYS, Ski CE. And that's going to be in Crested Butte, Colorado. I leave like early in the morning and it's going to be like a four hour by the time I get there. So we probably will not have the show on the 23rd. But I, I'll hopefully from the slopes in Crested Butte, Colorado, I will be waving to you guys and saying hello. Have a great week, everybody. I'm, as I said, most likely we'll be on next week from Park City and we'll definitely be on the following week from Orlando. And um, anyway, as I said, hope you had a great new year. Stay safe. Any questions, please, any topics, anything that you guys either hear, uh, you can always get a hold of me at drjeff at petliferadio.com or reach me on Instagram Live, just Werbs underscore DVM, or just put in Dr. Jeff Werber. You'll find me, and we'd love to um, have you as part of the show and talk about anything that you want to talk about because there's very few things I like more than helping you out with your pets and um doing the best I can to make your lives better and to make their lives better as well. Have a great week, everybody, and see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.